Hey there, and welcome to the Rock Reavers podcast. Here we are all about believing and proclaiming the word. We're totally given to true worship and obedient in taking the gospel to the nations through missions. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that you'll be blessed by this message. Book of Revelation chapter 1. Is it on screen? Very good. I know you are asking, why haven't we done our statement of belief? We'll do it shortly. We'll do it shortly. So I want to read for you Revelation chapter 1, and then you will read for me Revelation chapter 5 from verse 10. So I'll read for you from verse 1 to around verse 6, and then we'll make our statement of belief. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him to show his servant things which must shortly come. If that is your Bible, and it is a paperback Bible, feel free to underline that word shortly. Things which must shortly come to pass. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John. Verse 2. Who bear record to the word of God. He bear record, record to the word of God. And of the testimony of Jesus Christ. And of all the, of all the things that he saw. Verse 3 says. Blessed is he that readeth. And they that hear the words of prophecy and keep those things which are written therein. For the time is at hand. Look at verse 4. John to the seven churches. Can somebody in the line to the seven churches? To the seven churches which are in Asia. Grace and peace to you and peace from him which is and which was and which is to come. And from the seven spirits which are before his throne. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, and to him that loved us, look at these three things, and to him that, number one, loved us, and then number two, washed us from our sin in his own blood. Here's number three, and has made us kings. Another word for the word made is manufacture and has manufactured us, has subjected us to a process that the result is kingship. But not only kingship, but also priests unto God and unto his father. And the intention is, and he says, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let's go to the book of Revelations chapter 5 from verse 10. I'll request us to rise on our feet now. We have been relaxing so much. Revelations chapter 5. I want you to read from verse 9 all through to verse 12. Is that okay? Do we have it on the screen? Okay. And they sang a new song. Just wait a minute. Ask your neighbor, neighbor, are you in church this morning? Get warm. Stop being too stiff. Neighbor, don't be so stiff. Things are going to be just fine. Shake them a little bit. Just shake them. Okay, do me a favor. Give three people hugs. Make sure everybody is touched. Because you people, I'm suspecting you're very, you're very stiff this morning. Hug somebody. Maintain the three seconds rule. Don't hug for more than three seconds, you single men. Please hug somebody, hug somebody, tell them welcome to church. Loosen a little bit, stop being too stiff. Stop being too stiff, neighbor. Loosen your vocal cords. Ian, you're not moving. Hug somebody, Ian. Ian, I can see you. I want to see you hugging people. Yes, yes, yes. Tell them, okay, loosen your cords. Ayub, I can see you're just standing there. Please walk to, I can see Maggie is there, she's not hugged. Go and hug her, make sure she's hugged properly. Loosen them a bit, yes. Welcome to church. Bonus. We are in church, praise the Lord. Now, let us read with that thunderous voice. I want to hear some people reading. Amen. You don't read. I'm not preaching. Oh, uh -huh. Yes, I'm not preaching until you read. Three, two, one. Let's go. Well done.
and honor and glory and blessing. Look at verse 13. And every creature which is in heaven and on earth and under the earth, such are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory, power be unto him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Let's make our statement of belief. Do you have your paperback Bible? Please ask your neighbor, did you come with your paperback Bible? In this church, we come with paperback Bibles. Did you carry your paperback Bible? Ian, we've been hanging out. You're not even having a paperback Bible. If there's somebody in Gideon's here, please send some donation our way. There are people here who are resisting this thing like asbestos. You will carry paperback Bible. So you have your paperback Bible. Those of us who are still digital, we'll allow you to lift up your phone one more time so that next Sunday you can come with your paperback Bible. I remember when I got married those many years ago, uh, one of the gifts <laughs> that we were given was a paperback Bible. Nobody download, sent us a link to download a Bible. Praise the Lord. Get your paperback Bible. Let's go. I am a winner and, and not a loser. I am a victor and not a victim. I have changed my mind and my attitude to reflect what God says about me. My faith is built on God's word. I can do all that God says I can do. Nothing is impossible from this moment on, for I am a new breed, a new kind, a remnant, and I am after my purpose. Amen. Sit on your challenges. Say amen. Amen. Well, it is 12 or 3. Tell your neighbor the pastor will get done when he gets done. But we'll try and be out of here by our usual time, which is only revealed by revelation. Amen. Deke, I'll request just put for me our message title up there, which is kingship. Look at your neighbor and just tell them kingship. Look at the other one and tell them kingship. Amen. When you interact with scriptures, you'll realize that the scriptures is organized into what is regarded as the Old Testament and the New Testament. Scholars have argued that the New Testament is the reality of the Old Testament, that the substance of what has been discussed in the Old Testament is revealed, practicalized, and received in the New Testament. Now, when you come to the New Testament, you have what we call the Gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then we have the letters, and then we have and Revelation. The book of Revelation in the Greek is called Apocalypsis, or the unveiling of eyes, the removing of the veil. It deals with opening of our eyes in order to see what it is that God was doing you will realize that the book of Revelation was written at a time when the church was undergoing great persecution. The church was undergoing great tribulation. It was a time of difficulty and a time of great struggle. And the answer of God to that particular challenge was revelation. That in dealing with the most difficult questions of life, the solution of heaven is an opening of eyes. It is here that Paul says, we are not them that walk by what we see. Because that which we can see is temporary. And that which we do not see is eternal. That brings me to a place where I appreciate that as long as I can see it, it is a passing cloud. Amen. Praise the Lord. That in dealing with difficulty and in dealing with challenge, when we come to a place where we are dealing with life's most difficult questions, the answer of God is revelation. That the church was undergoing great tribulation and great persecution and great difficulty. And God's answer was revelation. Tell your neighbor revelation. Look at the other one again and tell them revelation. I don't know why I'm feeling like there's nobody in church this morning. Tell them revelation, revelation, revelation. We don't, when we come to church, we don't walk by sight. Oh no, no sir, we are not walking by what we can see. We are not walking but by what we can describe. We are not walking by what we can touch and or experience. We are walking by that which is revealed. 
by the Spirit of God. So Revelation now begins to deal with how the church can answer life's most difficult question. And if you, when, you come, when you look at Revelation chapter 1, Scripture says the revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave unto him. Then he says something here. Who, 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 who bear record to the word of God and to the testimony of our Lord Jesus Christ and of all things. I'll come home in a bit. He says that he so blessed is he that readeth and they that hear the words of this prophecy. Then he says this in verse 4. And John to the seven churches which are in Asia. Now when you study the book of Revelation, you will realize that the seven churches in the book of Revelation were going through tribulation. But every church had an issue. Amen. Every church had an issue. And every church had a question that God needed to address. But he begins to set a base here, and this is very important, of the platform and the foundation of that address. And that then begins to inform what is the mindset of the believer. He says something powerful. And to Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, and to him that loved us and washed us. Are you seeing that? He did what? He loved us and then he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Then he says something. I want to get to the title of the day. He says this. And he has made us. What has he done? He has made us. That is past perfect. That means it has happened. It is the way you said, and I ate yesterday night. For those who are, who are fasting, you can say, and I ate on Saturday night, you know, or on Friday night. He says, and he has made us kings. Tell your neighbor, kings. And priests. Now, there is divine order in how God speaks. Do you believe that? God is not under duress to speak. He speaks that we may get instruction. In fact, the book of Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12, I think it's in the message. Scripture says that the word of God is like a double-edged sword that deals with the precision of the word. So precise is God's word that is able to discern between the soul and the spirit. That God's word can literally do a surgery between the, the spirit and the soul that are eternally mingled. That's how precise God's word is. So when scripture deals with, he has made us first what? Kings. First kings. He has made us first kings. And then priests. That is priority. That is order. There is a priority to dealing with this life. And that priority is that he has made us kings and priests. Tell your neighbor, he has made you a king first. Then a priest. That means, let me tell you, if you, look, if you study the scriptures, you'll realize that priests have an addiction to altars. Kings have an addiction to dominion and taking cities. We took, we took some time and look at the book of Joshua. You will realize when it came to taking eyes, scripture said, let the soldiers go before. Because priests don't take cities. Priests don't exercise dominion. It is kings that exercise dominion. Now let me, let me show you another scriptures. Three witnesses. Here is Revelation chapter 5. I want to read verse 9 here. And then the K prepare for me 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. I want us to give us the right perspective to how we must now walk. He says something powerful here. And they sang a new song, verse 9, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to lose the seals thereof. You see, he says that. He says, because thou hast been slain and you have redeemed us by thy blood. Don't you love that? Then look at what he says next. He says, Thou and redeemed us unto God by thy blood. Out of every kindred, out of every tongue, out of every nation and people. Verse 10 again. And has done what? Please, can we read that together? And has 
made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall do what? Okay, is verse 10 up? Can we read this together, church? And has made us unto our God. Who? Kings and priests. And what shall we do? Another word there is rule on the earth. I have a question, church, this morning. Is this a suggestion? Is this a promise? Is this a prophecy? He says he has made us. And the reason for his making is that we should reign on the earth. Go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. We are dealing with kingship. This is so important. I am extremely concerned at the state of the church today. Where the church is full of masks. And the church is full of humi fake, let me use the word fake humility. And the church is full of being nonchalant and not engaged and an escapist mind that says if God wills it, it shall come to pass. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9. Let's read. But you are what? I don't like how you're reading. Please, you're not the one preaching. You know, I'm only asking you to read though. But you are what? A what? A royal priesthood. Wait a minute. He didn't say you are a priesthood. He said you are a royal. What does royal mean? Ask your neighbor, what does royal mean? This will interact. Or I'm coming to where you are. You are, you are royal. You are royal. You are a priest, yes. But come out from the altar and take the city. Amen. It says, but you are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. Now, look at this one. Elder, he says you are a peculiar. Listen child of God, peculiar does not mean different. Peculiar means a nation that stands out. A nation that jumps on you. For example, the, these people who are in business will understand this immediately. There is a concept called the purple cow in marketing. And the thinking is that if you're going to run a successful marketing campaign, having a, a black and white cow is what all of us are used to. But if you are driving to Nakuru or you are jumping to Nakuru or walking to Nakuru or cycling or going to Nakuru and you saw some black and white cows, does that make you stop? It is what is expected. This is a black and white cow or it could be a brown cow. But when you see a purple cow, you must of necessity stop. Why? Because it is a peculiar cow. Are you hearing what I'm saying this morning? That there is a DNA in the inside of us that causes us to be peculiar. Amen. That is why when we were praying here and saying they'll be married and their marriages will not fail, those are peculiar marriages. Those are marriages that are able to withstand the shock of life. Listen, God has called us to be peculiar, to stand out. Kingship deals with standing out by the grace of God. It is refusing. Okay, let me read for you Isaiah chapter 44 verse 20. What does Isaiah chapter 44 verse 20 say? He feeded on ashes all day, he says. Because of the deception in his heart, his path has been set aside. He says there is a lie on his right hand and he cannot rescue his soul. There is a lie that we should remain small. There is a lie that we should be humble and not just disturb the, you know, you just want to, be, to live an ordinary life. God sent me this morning to say 1,000 times no. No, sir. God is calling you to stand out. Kingship. God is calling you to make every effort to live a life that is peculiar. That I want, I don't want your prayer life to outshine your kingship life. Amen. 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 That we must not only excel in church, but we must also excel outside of this church. He says, you're a city set on a hill, not you're a city set on a pulpit. The impact of the light of the child of God is to impact the marketplace, kingship. To impact the communities we are in, kingship. Reject the lie today that your life is ordinary. Reject the lie today that you'll just live an ordinary life, that you'll just have an ordinary marriage, that you'll just give birth to ordinary children. One thousand times, no. Child of God, your life matters. 
God called me this morning to make a big announcement that your life matters. That your life matters. That your life must count for something. God is saying, that business that looks like it's about to close, don't doubt the anointing for business in your life just because of what you're currently seeing. Because anything that you can see is passing. The anointing of God on your life or business does not answer to failure or success. It answers to the undying promise of God. God has placed that oil on you, child of God. Rise again. Kingship. Says you are a peculiar people. A what? A peculiar people. A royal priesthood. And the challenge of today's church is an addiction with the spiritual without an execution in the natural. God requires us to enter into dimensions of kingship. Until you enter kingship, priesthood never takes cities. It is kingship that takes cities. You cannot talk about kingship without talking about conquest. You cannot talk about kingship without talking about glory. You cannot talk about kingship without talking about honor. Do you know that you cannot honor yourself? You can respect yourself, but you cannot honor yourself. Honor is when men correctly perceive your value and give you respect for seeing your value. This is the last day you've been dishonored in the name of Jesus. Do you know that what makes for promotions is when men see your value? Do you know that? Do you know that what makes for contract on contract is when somebody's eyes are open and men, that is why Daniel had to understand the language of the Chaldeans. This priesthood language does not close deals. I don't know. I don't know. I don't like your faith this morning. I don't like your faith. This praise the Lord language does not close deals. He called us to be as wise as serpents. That when it comes to wisdom, he likens our wisdom to like a Can you imagine? He says, I want you to be as wise as serpents. That praise the Lord language does not make for promotion. It is kingship that makes for promotion. And I want to encourage somebody this morning. Rise up in kingship. Amen. Kingship deals with conquest. Now I want to show you something here. Look at verse 10. No, verse 9. For he was slain. No, let me read like this. And he sang a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book. He was slain and has redeemed us by the blood. And then he brought us out. Now, verse 1. Let's read it together with verse 1 again. Verse 5. Chapter 1, verse 5. And Jesus, who is the faithful witness. Now look at this. That loved us and then washed us by his blood. That it costed Jesus his blood, his life. To make you a king. That means that is important. Is that true or not true? That it begins, you cannot talk about kingship without first understanding that the reason why God has made you a king is because of the love that he has for you. That undying love of God, that love that reached out to you before you could say Yahweh, before you could say Yahweh help me, before you could say Jesus save my life. There was a love that was pursuing you. And then he says here that by his love and by his blood, he has made us kings and priests. And here I have three points only. The first point, king, kingship deals with maturity. Kingship deals with maturity. There is a level of maturity that is required of kings. And I will show you in scripture that God requires us to walk into dimensions, but maturity will come first. And that is why in this next dimension, discipleship is going to be very important. We're going to have to work with each other very closely. Iron sharpens iron. We're going to encourage you heavily to abandon your company that is keeping you in drunkenness. The company that is keeping you in bars. The company that is keeping you lost and confused. That you begin to keep the right company because iron sharpened iron. Maturity. Do you know when the enemy wants to attack your life, he will first remove you from fellowship. He will ensure that there is a corruption of your view as to the importance of church and to the importance of fellowship. He will make sure you're not walking with brethren that fear the Lord. 
to isolate you strategically and to quench your fire. And then it brings you into confusion. It is the prophet Micah that said, as soon as I entered the tabernacle of God, then I understood. That means anytime I'm not in church, my, my, my mind is constantly bombarded with confusion. Have you found yourself at a place where you're always asking questions? You don't know which career to go to. Those are symptoms of inadequate time in the presence of God. Amen. Because he is the father of lights. James chapter 1 verse 17. In him there is no darkness, neither is there shadow of turning. Clarity is in the house of God. Clarity is in the house of God. Let me say that again. Clarity is in the house of God. And I know many of you here have this testimony. That before I came to the house of the Father, my eyes were dark and my way was uncertain. Until I came to the house of God, then I understood. Remember the book of Isaiah chapter 2. It says, in the last days, the mountain of God shall be exalted. And one will say to another, come, let us go to the mountain of God. Why? That we may be revealed the ways of God. And when the ways of God are revealed, we are able to see maturity. There is a requirement that we grow. Look at the book of Luke chapter 2, verse 52. And this is the result of maturity. Scripture says, and the boy Jesus grew. He, in other, other transactions say that he, he, he increased. He increased in favor. He increased in wisdom. Can we just have it up? The book of Luke chapter 6. No, the book of Luke chapter 2 verse 52. And Jesus increased in wisdom. And he increased in stature. And in favor with God and with men. There is an increased requirement. Goes to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Is it verse 11? He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood like a child. There is a speaking that is required of kings. Buenas are your words seasoned as with salt? Do you know how we know that it is a baby speaking without going to the next room to see their stature? It is by the content of their words. There's a certain way that kings should speak. It is Solomon that said, where the word of a king is, there is order. Do you know that your words are a window to your soul? We are able to give the content of your spirit by the words that you are spewing out. The things that are coming out of your mouth reveal the type of maturity that is in the inside of your spirit. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And there are words that have perpetually kept us out of our place of favor. And somebody said, that is how I am. Just receive me like that. That is how I talk. Is that kingly speech? He says, let your word be seasoned as with salt, that it may minister grace to the hearers. You come to me to anoint for a marriage, you're not careful with words in. What will that anointing oil do except waste the money I used it to buy? Let your words be seasoned. He says that unwholesome speech, says wholesome tongue is a tree of life. But careful words bring destruction. There is a way kings talk. Praise the Lord. You know, the problem is that we are living in a place, in a society where we have become westernized. And there is swag in cursing. And there is swag in loose talk. And there is swag in unintentional language. That the enemy has made speaking loosely become attractive. And when we rebuke you, you say, that is how I am. Receive me for how I am. Then what is the purpose of coming to the excellence that is in Christ? What is the purpose of turning away from your sin and turning to God? What is the purpose of being translated from the kingdom of darkness, Colossians chapter 1, is it verse 13, and into the kingdom of his dear son in his light? What then is the purpose of salvation? If our words remain the same, there is a certain way kings must speak. Scripture says that Daniel learned the language of the Chaldeans. That is intelligence. That God is saying for you to operate in kingship, there's going to require an exertion of the mind. 
that God is saying for you to enter into your new next dimension of dominion, your next dimension of taking charge and entering into the promises of God, there has to be an improvement of your mind. Do you remember the book of, is it the book of uh, First Kings or Second Kings that deals with Solomon and his ask for wisdom? That the kings, look at, is it uh, the book of Proverbs chapter 12, scripture says that I prudence, he says by me, by me, kings reign. By me, kings reign. By me, kings do what? Kings reign. What is that? Prudence. What is prudence? Wisdom. Ability to make the right decision. Scripture says, and one day they brought two, two women to Solomon. And you know the story. And Solomon said, fetch me the sword that you can be able to judge the matters of life with the sword of the spirit. Praise the Lord. That you can judge the matters of life with the sword of the spirit. That now our, 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 our standard becomes, what have you judged that matter with the sword of the spirit? Somebody said, that is being too spiritual. That is where the victory is. Amen. Buona sifiwe. Do you believe that God's way is the best way? Do you believe that? Or do you believe that the world's way is the best way? Have you heard these people who are very careful? I know it's, you're not in this church. These people who, they say, I have this challenge. Then you give them the word of God. Then they say, uh-uh. I know that's what the word says, but. I know that's what, I know, I know. Yeah, I know that. I know that. But it is more than knowledge. How then do you activate that? There is a maturity. It says, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. There are men who are walking in pungency of speech. That even when somebody greets you, you respond like a wicked spirit. It's like somebody's casting out a demon. It's church time after church. You go, you don't want to greet anybody. It's like you're happy, you're habitating bile juice. You can't even tell somebody, Good morning, God bless you. So good to see you. Your hair is looking good today. Will you die if you if you compliment someone? Will you die? If you call somebody and just say, I'm just calling to check on you, is everything okay at home, will you die? Or you will say, you know, eh, I don't have airtime. You see the challenge? That is not kingship. Do you realize that in the New Testament, God is careful enough to make us kings first, then priests? That should tell you something about entering into the destiny of God. That is going to take kingship. It is going to take kingship now. I want you to see you know you are entering into kingship by these seven things. Look at Genesis, uh, uh, Revelation still, chapter 5. Put it up for me, please. Verse 12. Saying, I want you to see this. Saying with a loud voice. Worthy is the lamb who was slain. Now, I need you to study the scriptures. Who was slain to receive for us. That's the word received there. To receive for us. He did not receive it for himself because he doesn't need it. He's the embodiment of it. That after he was slain, he received for us power. He received for us Hmm. Riches. He received for us wisdom. He received for us strength. He received for us honor. He received for us what? Glory and blessing. The sevenfold dimension of kingship. That before we deal with what the blood has produced, we must realize that he is the lamb. And you need to know the lamb. And then that the lamb was slain. And we need to know the lamb that was slain. That deals with redemption. But it becomes a disservice when the pulpit of our Lord Jesus Christ leaves out the full counsel of God and deals with redemption only and removes everything else that deals with life and godliness. It is Peter that said, according as his divine power, is it Second Peter 1.3? He has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. That we begin our life by redemption and salvation. But there is something more. 
This is the something more. Here is the something more. He has received for us power. Kingship deals with power. Bonus if you Let me say that again. Kingship deals with power. And some of us are living a powerless life. A life without power. A life of being buffeted on every side. I know you know what I'm talking about. That even the demons know it. Do you remember the sons of Sceva? Paul we know. Jesus we know. But who are you? That they, according to the system of heaven, demons must testify of your walking in power. Aish, I don't like your faith. That demons must testify of your walk in power. That means that you can lift up your voice and reject the plan of the enemy in your life. You can lift up your voice and reject the plan of Satan in your life. You can lift up. There is power in the inside of you. Look at the book of Luke. Is it chapter 10 verse 19? It says he has given unto us power to tread on serpents and on scorpions and what? And over all. All is all. Man of God, this. What is all? All is all. Over all the power of the enemy. I refuse to be pushed on every side by the enemy. I said I refuse. Say with me. I refuse to be pushed on every side. Kingship administers power. Power. That is why you can walk in town with your shoulders squared. Hallelujah. And that's why the enemy will do everything to try and convince you you don't have power. You see, you have to, you know, you enter, you enter a mat, and the first thing is the spirit of fear tells you, please make a prayer. You don't know this matatu might crash. Is that the prayer of faith or the prayer of fear? Sometimes somebody says, Jesus, 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 out of the flesh. He's basically, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, I'm afraid. Why? That's not kingship. Kingship deals with power. One has to Let me show you something. In the book of Acts, you have 32 groups of people. Two, how many? Two? Two. Priests and kings. The priests were gathered in one accord. Huh? You remember that? And they were praying. And scripture says the spirit of God came upon them. Yes or no? And men began to say, these men are drunk. Yet it is morning. And scripture says, and one would, would stand up and 2,000 would be added. And 5,000 would be added. Then the, 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 the king coughed. And all of them ran away. Yes or no? The 5,000. Have you read your scriptures? All of them ran all of them, all the priests, what did they do? They ran away. But there was a man of God called Paul who was operating in kingship. And James. These are men who when the king of they stood. That is why not all were arrested. The ones who stood entered into the jail. Now, do you realize that the iron door man of God death was opened for the ones that were in jail? Uh-huh, uh-huh. That the iron door, the others were praying, yes or no? Was the iron door of the city open to them? Am I speaking to a church this morning? Uh-huh. The iron door. When you see this, the, the word door in scripture, door deals with systems of access. That when you unlock the door, then you have access to the rooms. Solomon said that plunder is found in rooms. Plunder is found in rooms. But the door must be opened. The door was opened on those apostles who are operating from a kingship dimension. Praise the Lord. Do you know that priests don't perceive doors correctly? It is kings that understand conquest. Now, in the New Testament, God says that he has not only made us priests, but he has also made us kings. In the Old Testament, it was the priest to see, priest prophet, but it was the king to do what? To take. I'm calling us to a place of walking in power. Then he says, our time is fast spent. I will now close in the next three minutes. Three minutes of a preacher. This is a preacher's three minutes. It's not your, it's a peculiar three minutes, amen. It's a, it's a three minutes that stands out. Please put verse 12 back up. To receive power and then to receive what? Come on church, shout something. Uh-huh. Pentecostal church. Is this how you shout? Please shout, riches. Uh, I know how you're looking at me. You're looking at me. You have now become a prosperity preacher. Yes, I have become. I've become because you need it. Amen. Or oh, you don't need riches. Uh -huh. I'll bring a riches detector here. 
you will see how the detection will be. That's what you're going to do in the marketplace tomorrow morning. Or are you going to evangelize? And kingship has the maturity to handle riches. Riches, riches, listen to me. There has been an attack against the riches that God has released. Look here, he says, and has received us. This is the paperback, K. King James, Holman Study Bible, calf leather. It is here. I've opened it myself. You know, online, nobody knows it could have been hacked. I'm reading here. Has received for us riches. Riches. There is a dimension of wealth that God requires us to enter into. And Jesus has already made it available for us by his blood. Amen. Priests are, don't like riches. In fact, priests will sometimes wrongly suggest that humility goes with poverty. Yet poverty is a curse. And we're going to take time to enter into this kingship teaching because this is extremely important. And there has been teaching, you know, there are people who have taught us, maybe out of ignorance or out of the goodness of their heart or maybe out of concern or some misplaced love for the church and they began to suggest, they begin to suggest that riches is not of God. One thousand times no. One thousand times no. Do you know what it means for you to rise in your family, Pastor Doc? There are prayers that will cease. Do you know the unlocking of destinies that it will mean for Ayub to rise and to rise in wealth and to rise in dominion for Ian for you to rise in wealth? Do you know what it will mean for your family? Do you know what it will mean for their children and their children's children where you can sit down and be, before people say the school fees they need it is already provided for? How is that not godly? Church of Christ, how is that not godly? How is it that you can give me a call and say, man of God, we are, things are a bit tough. My response cannot be more grace. My response must be, let's meet at Nivas. Hey. Am I speaking to somebody this morning? Why are you rejecting what God has said is available for kings? Kings deal with riches. Amen. Kings deal with riches. Do you know there is a language that this world understands and it is riches? One day, one day, the emir, the emir of Qatar went to visit uh, Zimbabwe when, when Munanagwa was, when Munanagwa was uh, sworn in. And the emir, what he did, he flew 30 Rolls Royce, all of them white, flew them. In fact, it was said that day in the streets of, of Harare, they were just seeing Rolls Royce with Qatar number plates. And they could feel there's something happening here. You could, hear, you could feel the weight of glory. Even the, the, the KRA of, of, could, of, of Zimbabwe could not say anything. You attempt to drive your pro box with a Uganda number plate, you will see. You will see the force of power. That white Rolls Royce were just in Harare driving around. And when they asked the Emir, why did you, who needs 29 cars? He says, but I'm the Emir of Qatar. Riches. Praise the Lord. Riches. Bottom line acceleration. Oh, you don't like that one? Elder Kagunda, do you know what it means for 10 of us to rise? So that when Elder Kagunga is, is raising funds for missions, we say, Elder, please stop, come and pray for people of PMCC because your next year fundraising is settled. Riches. That is kingship. The priest in you is not accepting this message because he's tending towards humility and tending towards being humble and struggle. Do you know that priests never built the tabernacle? It is kings. Am I in the right church? Study your scriptures. It is David that gathered diamonds and gold and silver to be because priests are broke. Kingship. Kingship. My brothers, they'll tell you, everybody I'm discipling, they must make money. I, it is my, in fact, one of my goals is to ensure if I'm working with you, you must make money. It is my goal. It is my, it is, when I sleep at night, I'm thinking about it. I mean, which deal, can I in, which deal can I include you in despite your insufficiency? You must make cash. Riches. Tell your neighbor riches. We were doing PMCC class and I did some research because I like empirical evidence. Do you know that where wealth is, marriages have a higher uh, opportunity of success? Do you know that? Uh -huh. Tension. Some tension is not tension from the enemy. It's financial tension. Am I in the right church? Uh, 
This, I know this message will be fought, but I, I had God. I had God this morning. I had God. Riches. Riches. Power. Then what? Riches. Power. Then what? Riches. Uh, the and you will see it in this end time. The, one of the things the church of our Lord Jesus Christ will be known for is riches. It is riches. And you will see it here in Rivers Church. One of the things we are very clear is shortly nobody of us will have any needs. This is what we have said. Yes or no? Because you are rising. Mercy is rising. So when Mercy lands from New York, she actually went to New York. When Mercy lands from New York with dollars, that's our dollars. Amen. Riches. Praise the Lord. You are here laughing. Some of us who have a rent problem, riches. It's coming your way. And I'm not ashamed to pray for you as your pastor. If you, are need, if you need rent, lift up your hand now. Receive rent in Jesus' name. Amen. Riches, riches. We'll deal with that. Then he says, look at this. And wisdom. 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 The glory of a king. In his, it is in his wisdom. Look at the book of Ephesians chapter 3 verse 10. He says, to the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God amplified says the many-sided wisdom, the versatile wisdom of God, the complex wisdom of God. There's a version that says the adaptable wisdom of God, the wisdom of God that is able to take different shapes and different sizes to adapt to your situation and deliver an answer. To the intent that now that wisdom of God will be done what? Demonstrated. The people of you who are in business, you know what I'm talking about. Let me give you an example. Usually you say, I have this product, it does one, two, three, four, five years. Then we invite you to come and do a what? A demo. What's a demo? A demo is you come and show that exactly what you described on email is exactly what the product does. Sinequeli. So that's simple English. He's saying that the, the intention is this, that that wisdom of God might be put to display by the church. Emmanuel. Your wife must testify that this is a man of wisdom. Uh-huh. She must testify. I like saying these things. I like coming to families. She must testify that indeed my husband is a husband of There is wisdom. When he speaks, I can hear the counsel of God commingled with the affairs of men. I'm not just hearing idle talk. I'm not just hearing pungent speech. I'm not just hearing careless words. I can discern the wisdom of God. No wonder I just feel a love with no reason. Uh-huh. Wisdom. Who will tell your neighbor wisdom? The book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 that says that what? Wisdom is what? The principal thing. It is the principal thing. It is what makes principles in life. Wisdom. Solomon calls it chokma, which is a Hebrew word that means the skill of living. That kings have an understanding of how, let me ask you a question. I know you know those believers who you think are awkward. Do you agree with me? Lack of emotional intelligence. No revelation whatsoever. No idea of normal courtesies. You are in somebody's house. You know, somebody, my father said that priests, uh, priests use members badly. You are in somebody's house. They want to go and sleep, but you don't have revelation to see that they want to go and sleep. You are seated there laughing loudly. Ha, ha, ha. This movie is so nice. Do you have Netflix? Another one says is that you have served me, uh, uh, what was it, the other one cost? That this is uh, what he was being served, the uh, beef sausages. Then he said, you don't have a pork sausage. It was, it was such beans. Then he said, is there, a, is there a butchery somewhere? Can you go and buy some meat for me? Just lack of wisdom. He says, the wise man does not overstay his welcome. Hey, am I speaking to a church or not? That is kingly. That you can go to somebody's house. And you know, you went to go to somebody's house and courteously they ask you, what do you want to drink? Or what do you want to have? And then you say, I want to have deep fried chicken. <laughs> Lack of wisdom. Be happy to receive water and please exit. Don't overstay your... That is kingly. That is kingship. And we are doing badly as a church. Bonas if you Tabiambaya. Wisdom. Says we, that is king. This is how you know kingship. You know kingship by seven things. The first one is what power. The second one is what riches. The third one is what wisdom. The fourth is strength. The strength here is strength to deal with the vicissitudes of life. 
Solomon said that if your strength is, if you fail in the day of trouble, your strength is small. That don't be in a hurry to run and ask for prayer. Don't be in a hurry to start crying and saying this life is unfair and everything is against me and I will never make it and the economy is difficult and the dollar is performing badly against the shilling. It looks like life is gone. He says if you fail in the day of trouble, your strength is small. God is saying grow a backbone. Kings understand that. Do you know in the Old Testament, study the Old Testament, you'll see it there. Right? That kings, when everybody is running away, they will never run. You would rather capture them and decapitate them. In fact, some would fall on their swords. They will never run away. Kings don't run. Let me say that again. Kings don't run. Stop running away from your issues. Kings don't run. Praise the Lord. Don't allow anybody to put you to flee. Uh-huh. Nobody has the right to put you to flight in the name. This is the last day you feel small. In the name of Jesus. Yes. Yes. No running. Tell everybody no running. Uh-huh. No running. No running. We're not running. That is kingship. That is kingship. That is backbone. Can you imagine, Pastor Doc, if one day, because of the seasons of, your, of life, your wife became extremely expressive, and in the multitude of expression, sin appeared. And then you ran away. What happened, sir? And Judah, meanwhile, is watching. It becomes a drama that cannot be reconciled. No running away. Amen. One has a few. I've been told of a friend. Do you know about the proverbial friend? Uh, not you, a friend. There's a friend, or a friend. I've been told of a friend. Where anytime the wife raises issues, the guy goes silent. That is not kingship. Let me say that again. That is not kingship. That is not kingship. Keeping quiet. No, that is not kingship. That is not kingship. Let me, let me leave that alone. And strength. Ability to deal with the vicissitudes of life. That there is an ebullience in your spirit that you don't back down easily. You don't back down easily. Somebody said, you know, I've been trying to fundraise and nobody seems to give me money. How many meetings have you done? I've done three meetings. Are you serious? Are you serious? Are you serious? Three meetings? And you're saying nobody? Do you know the meaning of the word nobody? Nobody means you have talked to everybody in the world. That's what logic is. Read some philosophy, baby. Nobody means you have sampled everybody in the world and nobody wants to give you capital. Rise up! Don't back down. Don't back down. You know, I tried this business last month. I tried this business. You know, my auntie tried this business. I, there is a cousin of mine. Even the bank told me this is not a good business. Now let me just cry in the house. Rise up, baby. Get some strength. That is what? Kingship. Look at this. I want to close. It says you have received seven things. Wisdom, power, riches, strength. Look at this. Honor. That the result of power and riches and wisdom, the result of that is honor. Nobody sees my value. Are you walking in power? Are you walking in wisdom? Nobody is correctly seeing what I carry. You people, you don't know what I carry. The reason why we don't know what you carry is because you have not demonstrated it. We live in a world that requires evidence. The marketplace does not operate by faith. Marriages don't, are not operating by, you have to show up as a physical husband. A phys- and you have to bring physical flowers. You can't say, baby, you know I brought you flowers by faith. But now receive flowers. Then baby says, I received them. That is madness. That it is Valentine's Day. I'm giving you chocolate by faith. I received the chocolate by faith. What is that? That is the spookiness of some priests. Ian, am I speaking to you, sir? There has to be kings rising in this place. Can I hear you loud, amen? I said there has to be king landing. And that is why how you dress matters. I speak to people who are disciples. You have to dress properly. You can't just dress like a thief and you're going to pitch businessmen. If you have a shoe, polish that shoe. That is kingship. It brings you to a place of discipline. Shower. Use soap. Yeah, you know, it's not a conference. I'm a pastor here. Get Rolon. I know there are people here who the reason why nobody's greeting you is because of you have been trying to get somebody and you're not getting. Where, where? 
do you know that the things that you are looking for are also looking for you? But not this version of you. If today we took a vehicle and gave it to Judah, is that a blessing or a curse? It is a curse. Why? Is it because cars are bad? No. It is because of the receiver. Are you leveling up to the kingship that God has called you to? Next Sunday, I'll be talking about the, the, the seven duties of kingship. How that, if you look at the book of Deuteronomy chapter 17, he says the first thing, that he must not have a multitude of horses. And we'll deal into that. But today I'm saying, honor comes as a result of demonstration. And you can never honor yourself that men will see your results and begin to give you honor that is due to you. Honor answers to consistency. Honor answers to diligence. Honor answers to rising up. We are clapping our hands because that which you have done, we have been attempting to do and failed because of several reasons. That kingship receives honor because kingship has results. There are results on the other side of kingship. And I'm praying for you this afternoon that you will rise in kingship and glory. Here is glory and blessing. Two more things and I close. The word glory here is the Hebrew word, is the Greek word doxa, which means the glory of the kingdom. This is what happened to Vashti, that the king called Vashti and told Vashti, come and dance that they may see. He was the king of 132 geographies. And he wanted Vashti to come as an embodiment of the glory of that kingdom, to dance and display says God is saying when we enter into our kingship that display of glory comes and finally blessing and by this scripture you realize that blessing is not riches and riches is not blessing that blessing deals with the man scripture says that Abraham in Genesis chapter 17 that Abraham was blessed if you study that in the Hebrew it means the man was blessed he was not given a blessing. It is the man that was blessed. It is that blessing that produces things. He says, I have blessed you, Abraham. And then multiplication comes. And then riches come. And then land comes. That it is not the house that is a blessing. It is the man in the house that is blessed. Blessed deals with you. Knowing, you see, that is kingship. Knowing that there is something in the inside of you that is speaking for you. That is called a blessed man. That there is a promise of God actively propelling you to stand with your shoulders straight. And I want to encourage someone this, this, morning, this afternoon. This is very important. Your generation is waiting for you to rise up as a king. Your generation is waiting. Because the language that they understand is kingship. The language that, destiny, that cities understand is kingship. The language that answers to progress is kingship. But that kingship is balanced with priesthood that is practical. That means it cannot be that people are doing an ex-committing and I am praying. Are you seeing what I'm talking about? That's what I'm talking about. That people are doing a board meeting and the reason why I'm not there is because I'm praying. That is not, that's not priesthood. That is being awkward and being foolish. And that type of life does not produce results. Do you know that when you don't produce fruit, do you know what happens? You know what happens? The master prunes you. But he will not prune you forever. Uh -huh. That is the reality. That if you, are, if you reject your bishopric, bishopric can be given to another. So you will, you will reach heaven but you'll reach heaven without the results that God ordained for you. Listen, you are refusing to grow up is delaying you for a season. But a time will come when Jehovah will move on and raise another. Your refusal to answer the call of God to enter into kingship for the deliverance of your family and generations after you, that can move to somebody else. I know you heard me. I know you heard me. He says, this fruit has refused to has refused to produce cut it off it is jesus i said no give it give me some time i will prune it 
I will water it. But if the tree refuses to grow, there is a requirement that we bear fruit and fruit that last. When we sit down to have fellowship and when we sit down to talk to each other in families and in community and in friendship, in accountability structures, there's a requirement to discuss fruits because fruits can be seen. Let's rise up on our feet. I want us to pray today that God will give us the grace to enter into kingship. One prayer and we close. Our time is far much spent, but we needed to give time to our couples that are getting married today. So just receive the pastor's apology for these 20 minutes that we have passed by. I'll request us, just, just lift up your voice and say, God, thank you, I'm entering into kingship. I'm entering into kingship. I'm entering into kingship in the name of Jesus. I'm entering into kingship. Thank you for sticking into the end. We hope you are blessed by this message. Follow us for more of these messages when new episodes drop and make sure to rate us so that more people can find out about us. Bye-bye.